you are listening to the wild soul podcast a podcast for the wild ones join me your host queen namaste as we embark on a journey to find our true north and our own unique path from wild inspired conversations to searching for life's hidden gems and meanings with a little dash of crazy in between because really who doesn't want to dance to the beat of their own drum Welcome to the Wild Soul Podcast with your host, Queen Namaste. Yo, what's up? Happy hump day. Happy February 2020. Happy everything. If this is your first time, welcome to the podcast. We talk about all things wild here. Literally nothing is off the table. And if you aren't new, thanks for coming back. I appreciate you. And I am so excited for not only like this episode, but this month as a whole, because in February, I have all dudes being interviewed. Not a single lady. Nope. They're gone. Uh, I have got a lineup of gentlemen who are raising the vibes on this planet and who are literally kicking all the ass. So yeah, February is the males time to shine. And honestly, if you've been listening since the beginning, of this podcast, the guests have been predominantly female, which is super great because obviously I am a female and girl power. Uh, However, it just so happened that um, a lot of men have stepped into my life and I thought that they were also wild souls and deserve to be heard and they are really cool and up to amazing things. So I am super excited for all of you to meet them and listen and learn something, take something away. So before I get into introducing the guest for this week, just if you like this podcast, I have just a little calling for you, a request, if you could please either like, review, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, follow the Wild Soul Podcast on Instagram at the Wild Soul Podcast, and share it if you got value out of today's episode or out of previous episodes, it would mean, you know, a lot. this little Canadian. So um, that housework is done. Enough about that. This week I have a very special soul and I had to have him on. I met him last summer in Bali in 2019 and we actually recorded this episode back in December of 2019. So right before the new year hit and we talk about it all. Like when I met Daniel, Daniel Ramon, (laughs) He, uh, I just like figured he was a shaman. That was his energy that he was putting off. And I'm like, yo, this dude is like crazy powerful, kind of scared of him, kind of attracted to him. Like, what is his deal? So yeah, we'll talk about how we met in the episode, but, uh, we talked a lot and it was hard. I tried to shave off, um, this episode because it was over two hours long because we just talked and talked and talked. Um, However, we talk about twin flames in this episode. We talk about soulmates. We talk about triggering. We talk about being the lead character in your life. He's got a really great perspective just on everything. And I could listen to Daniel talk forever. We spent a crazy weekend 
in Lombok together. It was one, an island in Indonesia. And that weekend literally changed my life. Just like the downloads that I got and like his wisdom and knowledge being passed on to the rest of us. It was such an amazing learning experience. And like, yo, this dude needs to come on the podcast. So I'm so pumped that we finally made the time to do that and connect and uh yeah you guys are gonna love it so it's a longer one listen to it when you can or in two parts but if you have like an hour and a half just to fully dive into this episode that would be the best time to do it so yeah we're gonna get daniel on here in just a few seconds also i just wanted to have a few or tell you guys a few updates follow me on Instagram queen.namaste for the latest stuff regarding um, a new business venture coming up with Akashic Records and tarot and readings. So that will be coming later at the end of the month, beginning of March, late February. Stay posted. And we've also got a few full moon circles coming up co-ed. So again, head on over to my page so you don't miss any of the deets. All right. Boom. Awesome. We are going to get started with Daniel's episode. And it is my hope that you take something away from this episode. You learn something. I know I did. I was just like, I didn't even know what questions to even like, I didn't even know how to respond to some of the stuff that he was saying. Cause some of it was like, whoop, over my head some of it was like whoa I feel that in my soul some of it was like can you please say that again or like how do you even think this way like what what so <laughs> hopefully I'm not the only one that was like Dwee. um it's a, yeah it was fun we had a lot of fun and be a friend and follow Daniel on his channels they're linked in the show notes and he says it later at the end of the episode so follow him He's going to be starting amazing stuff this year as well. Super cool, dude. All right, let's just get started. February Men Month. Woo, let's go. Here is Daniel Ramon. <laughs> let's do it. Yo, yo. And it's Ramon. Daniel Ramon. <laughs> Daniel Ramon. Daniel Ramon, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. We need like fake claps. <laughs> Maybe I'll edit that in. That's funny. Yeah, please edit the fake claps. Oh my gosh, Daniel. Okay, I'm so excited for this combo. Like, we've already had quite a combo because that's yes. great. That tangent that you went on was half an hour. Yeah, yeah. So, this is Daniel, and Daniel and I Hello met. everyone. <laughs> Daniel and I, okay, this, I'm going to tell you. I don't know if I told you this, how we met. Like, so crazy. And Okay, so I was in Bali doing yoga teacher training, and we had <laughs> we had um like public classes, and this, oh, that's right. yeah, and then this like crazy good-looking black man just pops up into the <laughs> studio with like his dreads, and I'm like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I think you came to two classes, right? Yeah. 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 So I didn't talk to you the first one because I was like, whoa, I don't even know. Like, I can't even like be around that dude. Like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second time, it was like the last class and we were like all confident and shit. And I'm like, fuck it. It's the last day. Like, 
right by Daniel. I didn't know your name was Daniel, but I put my mat beside you, I think. And then, and then, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember, I remember clearly that, okay, this, this person, I'm going to be next to her. I don't know if it was like, just your energy. Your energy was like very inviting, but I think it was because like, you you were you were feeling you were you were like open and you were feeling and like you were in your receivership and I must have been able to like feel that uh so then I had like open dialogue with you and I was like hey like what's your name what's going on yeah so random and then we met after the teacher training to go dancing one night and then that was about it like didn't talk to you much that night and then literally we met you on the streets of um, Ubud, <laughs> like after an ecstatic dance party. And then you're like, and then we're just, and then we're like, we're all going to, to Lombok. To Lombok, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think Rachel had already, Rachel had already been in contact with someone that was also with you. Yeah. like so- Yeah. So it was just like this that was like the second invite from a different angle and we were like okay i think we're supposed to go to longbach with these with these individuals like <laughs> let's just let's just do it yeah and that was a crazy crazy trip yeah two three days or whatever that we were together yeah, yeah. it was very magical i appreciate that that was cool it was- yeah thank you thank you for like semi stalking me the first time <laughs> and then like and and just having like your confidence i don't even like to call it confidence but just like your nature like you were in your nature i feel like the second time you saw me it was like very natural and and everything else after that just just flowed so thank you for like trusting that impulse (laughs) No, i guess yeah intuition whatever i don't know we can talk all about that because you i feel you are a shaman legit like the story that you just told me i feel like that's so shamanic and then all that shit that you created whoa yeah um so we could get really deep and i kind of want to get really deep instead of surface let's do it Um, yeah i don't know where to start (laughs) (laughs) we can start at like kind of the beginning can you talk a little bit of like how you came to be this person because you were working in like corporate before and stuff right yeah corporate america um i mean i'm as I, I trained myself to be this left brain engineer, um, but I've always been pretty right brain driven, always had a level of functional creativity, inventiveness. I used to make my own toys. I used to open up my grandfather's drawer and like MacGyver style, whatever was in that drawer, I would make something from it. It didn't, it didn't matter like what was there. And I always had that ability to kind of like view things as, as unique. And I do that with things and I do that with like, eventually I did that with real estate as a, as a, um, as a creative expression and, and company that I started. And I do that with people. I do that with humans. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, corporate America engineer started my job in 2007. And literally within that first year, I was like, I got to get out of here. This is a trap. You know, like I was like, there's no way. I'm going to be here for 40 years. And I was seeing, you know, people blow out candles on their retirement cakes and they had been working there for like 40 years. And I'm like, no way, there's no way my life is going to be like that. I just, it, I, it, it didn't even, 
it didn't even correlate. It didn't correlate. So um, I started to reinvent myself right away. And at this point, I had like met someone along my path that had been on their spiritual path for some time. And I, and I chose to date this person. And that relationship uh, really gave me a view into a world that I didn't even know existed. Um, a world that had completely different rules. It had a different set of language and uh, was pretty foreign to the reality I had adjusted myself to uh, in life. So around the same time of like reinventing myself within my job and career and figuring out a different way to exert myself in the world um, and explore, you know, within my own creative potential, I also was, had just gotten into a relationship that opened me up in some of the same ways. And, and so my world shifted in like 2008, uh, 2007, 2008, which that was also at the time of like a lot of economic um, upheaval. And <clears throat> I feel like, yeah, we were all kind of energetically uh, uh, having a collective experience in the world that seemed to be about maybe finance or economy or, you know, whatever. But I just think things were old things were undoing themselves and new things, new systems, new ways of being, new thoughts, new ideas, new identities were coming online. Um, and, and from, from ever since then, it's been an exploration into that is figuring out uh, who I am and who I'm not and spiraling and exploring uh, that, my multifaceted self so <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> so it's been like a 10 plus year journey oh yeah right 2008 yeah. lifelong lifelong would that would you say like that is kind of like your awakening was around like that year or are you yeah yeah this awakening this idea of awakening yeah. i feel like it comes in waves and that was the first wave that was a clearly like a the first um, recognition or recognition of myself as myself um, and me remembering myself as something different than who I knew myself to be. And that, that, that showed up in my external reflections and me reinventing myself like within my job and my career and showing up in this relationship that happened to be literally one of the most difficult relationships I've ever been in um like to date it's it it was it was um it was the relationship that really woke me up to myself and um became a catalyst for every relationship after that um i i'll keep up bringing relationships in this conversation because i feel like there's such powerful um uh ways to learn about ourselves and oftentimes i feel like we distill relationships down to um like coupling right like finding coupleship with other people when i feel like they actually have a utility uh and a use outside of marriage and outs like like some various we can use relationships for some very specific things that 
um, we can, we can get into and talk about, but, um, that's what I felt like this relationship was for me. When I saw this person for the first time, I wasn't physically attracted to them. Um, but there was such a high level of magnetism and I was both magnetized and physically attracted to someone else at the time. And the magnetism that I had with this, with this new person literally superseded this other connection that I had with this person. And I, I cut that off and went down uh, a path with this, with this new person. And it, it, it changed my life. And just, just even looking back on it and, and realizing that I just, I trusted pure magnetism. I didn't even, I wouldn't even call it like love. Like, you know, that, like that idea of like love at first sight. I feel, I feel maybe people experience magnetism and they call it love. Mm -hmm. And some people experience attraction and they call it magnetism or they experience, you know what I mean? We could get into attraction, magnetism, love, (laughs) but those are the forces that we're left to deal with when we're in, in communion and connection with other people. And, and that magnetism propelled me into, uh, myself. So, wow. Yeah. So do you, do you uh, still communicate with this person? No, no, no. It was like a quick blip and then it was kind of like, it was a two, it was a quick two year blip. Two years. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah she, she was that person to, yeah, have, be that catalyst for all this stuff that you're doing now. That's and it didn't feel like that at the time, you mm-hmm. know, at the time it felt there, there was a lot, you know, at times it felt, you know, um, traumatizing, you know, it felt triggering. It felt, uh, like prison, you know, it felt, um, yeah, I, 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 I would say that I dissolved aspects of myself that I, that I didn't even know about. So I was able to lose track of who I was so much so that by the time I was done with the relationship, I had to like figure out who I was after that. So I completely lost my old identity, which I think is a good thing. I think it's like a healthy thing. Um, if, if it's if it's within balance in that relationship, even though I, I got to the point of like losing myself, um, it was out of balance within the relationship. So we were actually going further apart and not finding our way back together in a, in a, in this spiraling fashion. It was like big, big energy this way and like big, big energy uh, uh, back the other way, so. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. Crazy, so then, so you quit your job. Quit my job, yep. So what did you do after that? um, (laughs) I just started traveling, yeah. So so started my job in 2007. Did you have money saved up? How did you do all this traveling? People want to know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I, I knew um, like in 2007, 2008, that if I was going to be able to like walk away from my job, I'd, I would have to create something that would financially allow me to do that. And real estate was one of those things that just popped up on my radar. Uh, somebody gave me a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I recommend that book. I got 
maybe halfway, 60% done with the book. And I was convinced. I was like, this is it. Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. I resonate with everything that I've read so far. This is it for me. And I followed that. I followed that path. You know, I followed, I, I got more books. I went to courses. I spent a bunch of money on courses um, and classes and weekend seminars, educating myself and just getting, getting used to this new identity, this new idea of myself, which I feel that's really what it was. It's not like I, it's, yeah, you could say I learned something, but I got used to being around other people who were also either already doing these things or interested in doing these things. So I felt, it felt more resonant. It felt like, wow, okay. Like other people are also like curious about this thing or other people are finding success. Maybe I will too. Um, and that led to me buying house after house after house. And by the time I quit my job, I probably had somewhere between like 20 and 30 houses. I don't have as many now. Um, and so that was the, the, you know, the way that I retired from my job and what funded my, my, my travel in my life up to that point. And, and it wasn't as if like everything was perfect because it wasn't when, by the time I quit my job, I, I, I quit so they wouldn't fire me. Right. I was like, like my job life was really on a decline. Like I was doing, I was not I, like, I wasn't showing up to meetings um, I was late to work often. I wasn't fulfilling, uh, my responsibilities in the best way that I knew how. And so I didn't feel an integrity with, within that job anymore. And so what I did and I, and I had the hardest time quitting. I could not freaking quit my job. Right. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I cannot seem to like go into my manager's office and be like, dude, I'm out, you know? And so what I did was I booked this Abraham Hicks cruise uh, at the end of 2015. And uh, I knew at the time that it would happen that I wouldn't have vacation to actually go on the trip. <laughs> so I, I basically booked my own path out of my job. Um, so it was either I was going to like leave and not tell them, I mean, leave and get fired because I didn't go to work for like ever or I would have had to put my two weeks in two weeks before I left. And that's exactly what happened. Two weeks before I left, if not, maybe even like, it might've been 12 days, 12 days before I left on this trip, I finally went into my manager's office and I was like, Hey, um, I just want to let you know that I'm, you know, I'm leaving, I'm leaving the company. I don't even know what I said, but you know, it was just like, I'm out. I'm out. And um, by the way, I had a coach. I had at that point, I had this woman that had gone through the similar process. She even worked at the same company and now was doing like life coaching. Um, and she had quit her her job years before. And so she actually coached me through the process of being able to like walk into this person's office and tell them basically that I I wasn't this person anymore. That's really what it came down to is like, I'm not who you guys think I am, you know? And, and of course I had been in the background on the side, building this real estate company, building these, this business, buying this real estate and, um, sort of operating in this dualistic way. I had, 
I was two different people. I was like the left brain engineer that still wore khakis and, but maybe wearing like more jeans and colorful shoes to work than I did before. Right. So I was like coming out of my shell in that way, but I had already fully come out of my shell energetically and, uh, expressed that in real estate really well with, with the, with the levels of creativity that I would, that I would put in the houses. So, um, yeah, once I did that, once I quit, I traveled and, and basically I haven't stopped traveling since I've been traveling all over, um, and, or just kind of, you know, just doing what I want with my time. You know, that, that was really what it was about for me. Not necessarily like a money thing. Retirement didn't equal money. Retirement equaled being able to make free choice about what I wanted to do with my time. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. yeah. So important, honestly. That's what it like. Yeah, I'm really gonna. That's what I hated about jobs. Like, I'm really gonna let someone tell me when I can eat or when I can go on vacation. Like, no, no, thank you. Yeah. So dumb. Uh, So okay, for one, before we go on to the next subject, you went on an Abraham Hicks cruise. The fuck? Yeah. I didn't even know she. They did that. That's cool. Yeah, they do land cruises and they do these cruises. Um, that was my first cruise and we went to the South Pacific, which left Sydney, Australia and went to Fiji, New Caledonia, some really dope places. That was one of the best experiences that I've ever had. Um, being, being on a boat, like being trapped on a boat with other people who think like me, think enough like me and are in energetic resonance is like the like the highest forms of synchronicity are gonna happen because you're on a shit you're on a boat you know and you're gonna consistently like weave in and out of each other's like worlds and and yeah it was that was pure magic and um wow do you want to explain who um what abraham hicks is for those that have no idea what we're talking yeah about? so um there's a woman named esther hicks uh esther and jerry hicks Back in the 80s, um, Esther started to, she, she was a, a pretty, I, I think she would maybe even call herself like a, a not spiritual person, like, like Ouija, like weird stuff, like Ouija board, like she didn't want to have anything to do with that. Um, and somehow her and Jerry ended up going to a, a workshop where this person was channeling. And they didn't know what channeling was, or at least Esther didn't know what channeling was. And it was soon after that, that she started a meditation practice and through meditation started to access, um, this non-physical energy that eventually, uh, became known as Abraham. And she would, as she was channeling Abraham, invite people into, uh, I don't want to say their home, but like they would have like these small gatherings where Abraham would come through and people would ask questions and that has grown into like what it is today, which most people that know about law of attraction, if they don't know literally the term law of attraction, not the, not the term law of attraction, that's a universal law. Um, but the, I would say the, um, the, the fact that the term is so well known is probably due to the secret and the secret exists because of Abraham Hicks. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah. People don't know that. So, uh, do yeah. Tap into some research. They were on the original version of the secret. Um, 
the creator of the secret felt that um, this story, like they, Abraham Hicks tells a story um, uh, and Esther talks about this on, oh, Esther's been on Oprah, right? Like, like Oprah's interviewed Esther, which is like, this is when Oprah was like tapped in. Like we realized like, oh shit, Oprah's like actually spiritual. Whoa. Okay. This is cool. <laughs> this, is a, this is like, she's given us layers to her beingness that we didn't know. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, the creator of the secret wanted to edit the secret and, and change the language that Abraham Hicks was putting forth because they felt that the general public wouldn't be okay with it, you know? And so basically they wanted to edit, they wanted to take things out, you know, they wanted to change it. And, um, Jerry and Esther did not want to sign over the, you know, their rights to do that. So they just had themselves removed. And so most of what people have seen, if they've ever seen the secret is, is the version without Abraham Hicks on it. Um, I, I ended up seeing the version with them on it, um, which I don't even know if you can find it at this point. I don't know if you can find that original, that original. Oh, how'd you get your hands on it? The, remember the person that I said that like I saw and was like oh. completely magnetized to this person. She, she had it. She oh, had it. And she she would like beg me like you should watch the secret and i'm like look that's weird i don't want to have anything to do with that is that having to do with church i don't want anything to do with church <laughs> nothing to do with, you know it's like at the point I, I i had like experienced so much uh growing up like just being forced into like experiencing um religion uh in church that i didn't at that point i didn't want to have anything to do with anything that seemed like you know, religion. And for some reason, uh, I just equated what she was trying to introduce me to, to that. And it wasn't. So eventually, of course, I watched it and it changed my life. Um, and then, and then from there, um, like there's dope people on there, like Michael Bernard Beckwith, who is just like, oh, this reverent person, uh, that has a spiritual center out in, out in California. He's incredible. Abraham Hicks, Neil Donna Walsh, like some, just the powerhouses that we all know um, were on the secret. And so I got introduced to a whole new world, excuse me, a whole new world of ideas and potentialities. And like I said, language and um, mm. the cruise was just a very, um, yeah, a very potent version of that. You know, it was a very potent version of, law of attraction but it felt like unlike the secret the secret felt like it was more about you know do you want to manifest a car or manifest a boyfriend or manifest you know it was about like manifestation manifestation in the in the from the standpoint of like the your physical reality like coming into what you want it to be and law of attraction in the way that esther uh and jerry uh spoke about it in the way that uh uh, Abraham came through Esther was more about the emotional journey. It was more about the like understanding the emotional guidance system and that the emotions are just purely indicators of your relationship between you, the, the, the you and you. So the you that you recognize as you and your higher self or your inner being. Um, and so it, it's, it like went much deeper than the secret could have ever gone in like a two hour documentary um, or, you know, whatever it was. 
And uh, that, so that was my, that was like my true North listening to Abraham Hicks and listening to those recordings and going to the cruises and the sessions in Chicago. Cause you know, Chicago's like four hours away from where I was living in Iowa. Um, going to these things was what allowed me to really tap into those parts of myself that were like, yes, 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 this is true. Yes, 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 this resonates. Yes, yes, yes. I may not be experiencing everything that this is saying I could, but like, I just, I, I know this information in my soul, like I can feel it. And so I just kept putting myself into situations where, um, where it was including this incredible cruise. Um, and so I just, I, I, I just kept doing things that were, that would change my life. You know, I kept doing things that seemed, that seemed just kind of, I don't even want to say too good, too good to be true, but th- th- I was doing things I had never done before that just seemed so outlandish. Like you're going to go on a cruise with like 2000 really ultra spiritual people. What is that going to be like? You know? And when I think about it now, it just seemed totally normal. But for anyone that is like questioning these ideas or these concepts or just not being introduced to them or have been on the journey for a while, it doesn't matter. Um, What it felt like I was doing was placing myself around other human beings um, and placing myself in specific scenes uh, that were conducive in helping me to develop into the person that I wanted to be, that I knew that I already was, but I was cultivating it. I was nurturing that part of me by placing myself in these environments that, uh, felt, felt resonant to that idea. Um, so even though it seemed, um, yeah, maybe, like kind of extra to do it it really sped up my it really catalyzed my spiritual journey and so i've been i've yeah i've been on this journey for a while and i just live it i live it i breathe it i don't i don't do as much uh like teaching from it or you know some people are like coaches and i just live it like i just i just live (laughs) this life and yeah and um i just wear it on my sleeve and and i wear it when i'm talking to people and it's just, it's, I, I like it. I like it that way. You I know, feel like really you are, you are teaching it though to the people that you communicate with in real life, you know, that's true. you yeah. are, you're that's just, true. you might not be on like, you know, the social media scale, but who knows the future. It's coming, it's coming soon. It's yeah. Coming soon. Yeah. yeah cause, um, what you were talking about is like, you just talked about scenes. So let's talk about that because one of the conversations that I remember talking about with you when we were in Lombok was being like, oh movie main character (laughs) blah 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 and I'm like what the fuck is this guy talking about like I can't even keep up with what he's saying (laughs) yeah Yeah. so many like different ideas that I never thought about before so can you talk about our conversation and what of course yeah I you know and and it was so beautiful to have been around and invited into your scenery right because what I feel people call manifestation is just the development of very specific experiences that they will eventually have. And essentially we're the writers of the scenes that we eventually participate in. 
and we're even the writers of some of the uh we help write some of the characters into our movies um and as the main character right so we're each walking around as the main character in our movie and some of us don't know it some of us don't realize that you know, as I, when I walk outside that like everything around me is happening specifically for me. Um, and the thing that tends to, uh, keep us out of that knowing is all of this, all of the external input that we are, uh, receiving every day, whether it's news, social media, um, schooling, everything sort of has taught us that, the world doesn't revolve around us. And in fact, the world only exists because we're here to perceive it. Like when my awareness is not here, the, the unique perspective that I bring to the world goes away, right? So I'm here as uniqueness expressed as a human, as form, but behind the scenes, behind like this physical presence that you see is a non-physical presence. And that's what we are creating these scenes with right by the time my physical by the time i drag like abraham says by the time you drag your physical body here the energetics of what you're experiencing you've already been working with that you've already been playing in the energetics of the situations that you eventually will participate in so I mean, I'm going to go really fast and just going to feel disjointed, but I'm just going to flow because that's how it comes out. Flow it. Connect. Um, what we do, what we do as main characters, whether we realize that we're main characters or not, is we, we judge our scenes. We judge the scenes that we have created versus observing them versus uh, just witnessing them, being the witnesses of what is unfolding and what is taking place. Uh, generally, we judge what's in front of us. And whenever we judge, we literally um, hold it into uh, a very specific vibration. So when I judge you, I hold you into a state of being that doesn't allow me to perceive anything different than what I'm judging. So judging is like literally throwing tomatoes at you and then wondering why you have tomatoes all over you <laughs> and you have tomatoes all over you because my judgment of you casts this idea of you that because I'm such a powerful creator um, and you are uh, uh, implicitly and explicitly creating with me you're also um, we're both like main characters and we can participate within each other's worlds, uh, as we will. But let's say for instance, you don't know that you're a main character in your movie. Um, and we're in a, we're, we're connected, right? That means that the energetics that I bring to the table in correspondence to the energetics in, in, in your world may create imbalance. And when that happens, a person that doesn't know their main character in their movie can't quite participate at the energetic level that I do. And that, that, um, uh, they, they may not bring the, you, we, we would, we would often call this like a person not being in their power. Right. We'd, we'd say that person's giving their power away. Um, I look at that as 
the your ability to create and recognize your ability to recognize the scenes that you you have created for yourself the awareness isn't quite there meaning that if something happens in your scene oftentimes uh some people will go into a victim role which means that something is they they're perceiving as something is happening to them versus for them and everything in our scene every person place thing experience emotion uh, everything in it is showing us something very, very specific. Nothing is random. Uh, nothing happens to us. Everything is happening for us. And to the degree that you own that you're the main character in this movie and that you're co-creating your scenes with other people who, depending on if they know that they're the main character, either they're trusting in the lines that someone else has given them, right? So society can totally program a person's conscious and subconscious mind to repeat uh, ideas, to repeat uh, rules, to repeat the what isness of the world. And people aren't really thinking for themselves. They're being thought, right? Because they're being handed things to think. Main characters aren't handed things to think, but main characters are accessing thought that is beyond um, uh, just the everyday thoughts that are around them that because we're conduits because we're channels as main characters or as background characters either way we still all each have access to um these channels of thought which are the the, the thoughts that we have access to aren't coming from like inside of us right mm -hmm. we're constantly being thought we are a thought the fact that I exist right now in this form with the hair, with the nose ring, with whatever I have on started out as an idea. It started out as a thought. It started out as something that was not material. And as time went on or as I continue to experience myself, I am like the statue of David that starts out as a block of uh, granite or stone is, and is continually being carved into who and what I am today. But all of that starts out as an idea. All of it starts out as a thought. I'm just a witness of the evolution of being chiseled away and being discovered as who and what I am. So, so some of the time where I'm feeling, so let's go with a chisel uh, metaphor. Sometimes I'm feeling the hammer right? And I'm feeling that chisel hit me, which is actually peeling away layers of myself that don't belong there, that are keeping me from fully realizing what is underneath, what is inside of this seemingly square block of, of stone. And if I trust in the process of the things being peeled away and trust in the sometimes pain of being chiseled away at, um, eventually I will start to recognize a form and a function that I didn't know was there, or maybe I did know was there and just didn't know how to access, uh, access it. We're always forming ourselves we're, we're always being formed, but we're also forming ourselves by how we participate in these external scenes uh, that we're 
each in every single day. Every single day I give myself an opportunity to be more of who I am or less of who I am. Either way, I'm uh, understanding what's behind the scenes. I'm understanding what's underneath the hood. I'm understanding what is or what isn't inside of this stone that is being uh, chipped away at. So that that's a little bit of like the main character, uh, you know. <laughs> I wonder if we lost anybody. <laughs> I don't know, you know. No. This, this, is, this is the thing with, with um, and if we do, we can, we can go, we can, we can be a little more linear about it. Um, but this is the thing, streams of consciousness are not about language. Streams of consciousness are not about words. They're about an energetic field that is happening uh, and, and, and exists all around us. And some people that are trying to uh, understand are understanding using logic and understanding using this uh, serial processor, the, the left side of our brain, which takes uh, word after word after word it take it's trying to take those words in it's trying to analyze those words and apply meaning and maybe it's sending it over to the right side of the brain maybe not uh, the logical person is trying to hear the words and apply meaning to the words and if they don't make sense then that person may not understand which is totally fair but what i'm saying is that the stream of consciousness is an it's an energetic thing it's a felt sense so as I'm talking, it's less about the words and more about the energy that is behind the words. That's what I want people to, if they're listening to me and they're trying to understand like what I'm saying, um, try not to understand what I'm saying. Try to feel what is being transmitted from me as I am choosing the words that I'm choosing. I literally have energy that is coming into my body and I am choose, I'm actively choosing the words to describe what I'm feeling. I'm not just saying words. I'm, I'm inserting words to describe what I'm feeling. Just like an artist, when they're painting a picture, right? Um, you have no idea what that, picture means but you can definitely tap into how it makes you feel which might get you close to how the artist was feeling when they painted it right mm -hmm. so this is about interpretation it is about listening and not necessarily uh meant to make sense of in in that way so i'll say that because i love the idea of stream of consciousness but i also want people to to know that they don't have to know the language or the specific words that I'm using because then we, then we'd never agree on anything because none of us, you like your color, your idea of red is different than my idea of red, right? Right away. You think something is red. I'm like, that's not red. That's burgundy, you know? So words get in the way of communication. Mm. Language can interfere with what's actually being transmitted between us. And so this is an emotional journey. This is uh, a feeling journey. Um, so I always want to return to, to that, the simplification of being able to feel into one another. 
And that's what we were doing. When we were talking about main character and these different things, it wasn't necessarily a logical conversation or even a conversation about, hey, let me convince you that this idea that I have is a real thing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, here's how I'm feeling in the moment. I feel like you and you and you are all characters in my movie and that you're here for a reason. I can feel that, right? I can feel that I'm here for a reason. I can feel that you're here for a reason. And if we want to discover what that is, then we can't do it by trying to uh, make logical sense of what's happening. We can only observe and witness the scene that we're in and how it makes us feel. Mm-hmm. And depending on that, then we can apply some communication um, from there. But to assume um, what something means without being able to feel it first is putting the cart before the horse, as they say. And also, with the, that being said, I feel yeah. that um, that's how, like, kind of the secret movie kind of got it wrong. In a mm. sense, because they're using like their logic brain and thinking about it, but when really the law of attraction, it's first the feeling, mm-hmm. the feeling of it, and then stuff manifests that way. And you even just described that too, like yeah, a feeling. It's always about that first and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. Processing processing things through the heart space. Processing mm-hmm. things through. Uh, one of the most powerful chakras that you have in your body, which is this heart chakra. Um, This is what I call like the quantum bridge. So this is where most of the information is coming in and the brain is actually processing uh, the information that's coming in through the heart. So that, that, that's why we, would that's what we call a miscommunication is the heart feels something but the brain tells us something different it's it's processing things in a different way than um what the heart is and so the holistic brain or the unified brain or the brain that is in balance right the left and the right hemispheres are both speaking to one another um that is the best interpretation the, the best interpreter of what is coming in through the heart it's, it's, it's being interpreted holistically. Um, that field of energy is being interpreted holistically uh, using the brain. You can't do it all right brain. You can't do it all left, but you can do it through wholeness and balance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what you said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad. If you disagreed, <laughs> we'd have to end the conversation right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I can play devil's advocate. Be like, oh, really? Like, what? No, but I mean, um, that even brings me to just a little point. Like in teacher training, we learned about heart, the Heart Math Institute. Mm-hmm. You heard yeah. of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that basically says that the heart receives way what you just said, way more information, sending it up to the brain than the brain does to the heart. Mm. like there's this energetic field like even probably i don't know if we could have maybe us right now because we're connected in this way that there's like this energetic field with our heart and i don't know like how many meters it goes out or maybe a couple centimeters or whatever but like hearts have this energetic field all around us so um yeah talking about like have you ever had someone be like oh hug me heart to heart 
yeah yeah but it's like yo dude like our hearts are already connected even before we fucking touch 100 percent. i'm a total rebel i'm like um <laughs> let's do both sides then yeah you know, like, yeah yeah it doesn't really it doesn't matter so it's yeah energy it's yeah i'm sorry what'd you say energy, I said, I, energy is a funny thing it, it is mm-hmm. i like your blanket by the way You've got like these these Native American patterns. It's not a blanket. It's like a shawl. It's like a fucking. Oh gosh! How could I have gotten those two things confused? I mean, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I got it at Value Village. Do you guys have Value Village? I've never heard of that, but no. we, sh- we need a Value Village right away. <laughs> Value Village is like a thrift store here in Canada. Okay. Canada. Okay. So. This is like four dollars, and then these pants were also four dollars. Wow! I know, I know. Yeah. Yes. Do you do you think I should? Do you think I should maybe um, have you ship me some things from Value Village? I mean, if you're getting <laughs> pants and, and and shawls like that for four dollars. I think right. we, I think we maybe need to figure out a business strategy to get some of those things imported to the United States. Here. Okay, I'll just come and shop at Valley Village yourself. More authentic. Okay, yeah, done. Yeah, come yeah. Just, You want to talk about... Let's talk about relationships. Oh, yeah, let's talk about them. Um, mm. Are you feeling good at relationships, Daniel? I love relationships. I can't, I can't ever promise that I'm good at relationships because um, I feel relationships take more than, you know, just my perception. And so my my pers- my mirrors or my counterparts that i relate to whether they be friends or partners or just you know my soulmates or my twin flames that exist in the world have you um, met those have you met your twin flame do you think you know what i listen to a matt con plug in everybody that i listen to a matt con uh video the other day and he really broke down soulmate versus uh twin flame i, I can't say that i've met soulmates but i've definitely met twin flames you know pretty, and that's what I met, if you met your twin flame yeah because you were talking about some dude I, I i feel everyone i've ever been in a relationship with is a twin flame you'll have to go to the matt con twin flame versus soulmate you'll understand matt soulmate soulmates are the more rare and I, it's not that Oh, what I, thought twin is, flame, I thought the twin flame was more rare, no? No, 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 no not according to Matt Con. And guess what? This Mac is Matt Con. This is the Matt Con certified conversation here. Matt um, <laughs> Con, like C O N, Matt Con? K A H N. Okay. I'm not saying that Matt Con is just what he says, the NLB all, but I enjoyed what he says. The, the conversation. Uh, that he had around soulmate versus twin flame and how he distinguishes the energetic differences in the polarity, as well as the kinship uh, between uh, me and these people that I could potentially call a soulmate or twin flame. Um, it, it, it feels like, or seems like soulmate um, are the individuals uh, that uh they're the they're the more rare uh like soulmates are the ones that like when you meet that person it's sort of like that's your happily ever after if there was such a thing right that's your happily ever after that's the person that like is your life partner 
seemingly forever. Twin flame is the person that you might meet and then you can't stand them. They're the person that you might meet you're with for two years and then you can't stand them. You know, they're, they're the ones that like trigger you and help mold you and develop you into more of who you are. Mm. Uh, The soulmate is, is the companion that accepts the wholeness of who you are because they are the wholeness of who they are already. Um, And it's not that you don't continue to grow together, but there's not that like, there's not that battle. Well, there's not that run and retrieve kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is all like we, if we really think about that, that's all the, the internal journey happening externally. And so when we, when we're relating to other people, that's kind of what we were also talking about in Lombok. When we're relating to other people, we're relating to the different parts of ourselves. Um, so you are a representation of a part of myself that I may not have uh, the ability to commune with as easily internally. So then I project, right? Because everything is technically a projection. This is all like, the the real but the illusory experience that we're in um and so the people that we meet are often projections of parts of ourselves parts of our subconscious parts of our um uh maybe parts of our um uh, yeah inner masculine our inner feminine um and so as we're developing ourselves into who we are we form uh, these relationships or form these connections, which we already said energetically, these things are already happening and are already have formed an agreement. And the physical reality is the experience of the energetic agreement that has already happened. Mm. Right. So as, as I'm playing out what is, what is already done energetically, I get to experience it after the fact in, in the physical um and so that's why i go into a place of like non-judgment because i'm like well of course like what i'm having the experience of is supposed to be in front of me in this exact way which is what gives me total power in in being able to feel um not not be not be my feelings not be controlled by what I'm witnessing or what I'm experiencing. I'm not saying that I can't access um, a negative thought or a negative experience or a negative feeling. Um, but I don't apply judgment to that because I know that that's a temporal moment in time. And because I know that it's a, a, you know, a temporary experience and potentially even a short lived one at that, especially if I fully accept it, you know, as much as we accept like, yo, this is the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, we better be prepared to accept the things that are like, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me, you know, because as we go down that path and go down that energetic um, emotional journey, then we're able to access all of the feelings that are holding up that idea or holding up that belief. Versus if it if if it's the worst thing that ever happened to us and we don't go deeper into it and ask ourselves why are we perceiving this thing in that way, then the things that are actually holding that idea in the place, the emotions, the triggers, the the past um, relationships, the traumas, 
Uh, all those things that are holding that experience into being the worst experience of our lives, we never get to go into. And so I say, bring it, like whatever it is, it could be the best thing, it'd be the worst thing, I wanna see it. And some people also call that like the shadow work, you know, inviting the shadow um, into, into the moment, which I feel is just also saying the things that I'm not perceiving I want to witness uh, with, with the fullness. Uh, I, I, want, I want to witness what is here in fullness and in wholeness. I don't want to just see what I want to see. I want to see it all. I want access. I want full view. I want full vision of, of what is here. And so nothing can stay hidden in the dark because we're not allowing those things to stay in that shadow or in that in that dark place we're inviting it we're inviting those things into the light so 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 would you say that like it it, um like how would one really do that so would you say that you need to have a certain amount of awareness to experience this type of feelings in relationships yeah you your your awareness better be on 95 percent or more <laughs> or you're screwed no because <laughs> <laughs> you're just like yeah observing it all and non-judgment yeah. that's all nice to say but like most people will probably be like uh the fuck <laughs> like yeah. yeah how are yeah. you jesus how are you not judging people <laughs> yeah so I feel like it's a practice uh, and it's a practice. We could talk about awareness, but if we go back to the scenes, right, it's about practicing the realization or the recognition or the recognition of the scenes that we're in. If we really paid attention to the worlds, uh, the, the worlds that we sort of create, the worlds that we put our physical bodies in and, and live out, um, we would more readily notice that things often happen. I don't want to say on a loop, but it feels like a loop. We almost experience the same things over and over. And it's, it's that, that, like that continues to happen in that way because we're not realizing or asking ourselves why those things continue to to seemingly happen to us over and over. I'm not saying that it's a real loop and that people are stuck in loops, but I'm saying that the awareness that people have, if the awareness does not, uh, if they're not developing new awareness of what's in front of them, then it will appear that something is happening to them over and over, but it's always new and it's always different. And there's always more there so it's like if if i if i'm now aware of like red teslas i'm gonna see more red teslas right Mm -hmm. so as i draw my attention to things that are in my scenes and that could be whatever it could be an emotion it could be a feeling it can be a person it could be family it could be whatever we want to draw our attention on uh or two as we as we draw our attention to certain things, then that is what brings more focus or attention or awareness, which gives us more information to, um, 
to go by, to go with. We, we have, we're now perceiving more information. And so therefore we have more access to what's, what's potentially happening. And so I, when I think of that, I think of that as us slowing our seams down. So the things that would normally happen in like regular speed, right? An experience happens to you in regular speed. Um, when you have heightened awareness or you have practiced awareness or you're, you're, you're witnessing through the eye of curiosity about what is happening in your moments, like in your life, when you invite that awareness into that scene, then you create what appears to be slow motion, which just means that you now have access to the information that's in front of you. It, nothing is just like happening. Something might just, something might be happening. And then you would, your attention brings about, um, I don't want to say like direct reason, like, oh, this is the reason that this is happening, but it, you're bringing forth curiosity uh, such that you aren't judging it for what it is too soon. The moment you judge it, then it becomes that, and then you can't see anything else. And when we think about this, right? When a person's triggered, right? Mm -hmm. A trigger is the uh, revisitation of an emotion that's stored. Mm -hmm. And when that trigger happens, what we often do is we judge, right? From that, from that acute state or that acute sense that we often go into when we're triggered, we immediately look at what's in front of us and we judge it, right? Because let's say it's ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend or like current, ex current girlfriend, like whatever, you like you trigger me and like we then want to kill it we then want to like attack it we want it to stop you know because it doesn't feel good what we're really doing is we're we're recreating scenes that we've been in before and i look at that trigger as someone saying action right on a movie set when that trigger happens it's like action because what is about to unfold in front of you You've not only uh, been there before, but you've never been there like you are today, right? So it may feel like the old trigger, but the scene is new and you're new in every moment. So therefore, if you're triggered, you bring something new to that moment that you didn't have the last time that that happened. And then when you apply awareness and you apply uh, attention and observation and curiosity to that, which isn't, it's not a perfect science. It doesn't mean like when I get triggered, all of a sudden everything goes into slow motion and I get like super aware and I know what it's, what's going on. I'm saying this is an incremental process and you're incrementally accessing uh, information that that scene or that that moment is sh is showing you the fact that you're even triggered the fact that the thing even happened to you to you uh, for you by you is because of you it's happening because you're trying to show yourself something 
And if you, if, if you don't, if the trigger never happens, right, then anything that you're storing emotionally or energetically that doesn't get to play itself out is stored. And we would eventually call that dis-ease, right? So anything that is energetic or emotional um, or energetically emotional um, or just has some fire to it and is stored in the body will play itself out. It will play itself out. And those scenes are, are ways in which we can identify with what's happening on our, in, in our internal world. And so it is a process. It's a journey. I'm giving people tidbits. I'm giving people things to be curious about. I'm just here to offer a, uh, a, 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 a set of language that would allow people to, to access what's in them in a different way, right? Um, if I put things in a traditional set of words that people have heard before, then their brains will bypass it. If I put things in a set of in a in a setup or in a stream of thought or in, in phrases that people haven't heard before, it for some reason, I don't care if they get it or if they don't get it. And especially when they say that's bullshit, I don't like I don't or I don't get it, I don't understand it. It means that there's something that I'm saying that that person doesn't recognize, which is a good thing. If I hear something that I don't recognize, it means that I'm still learning. Yeah. It means that there's something that is being placed in front of me that, that I don't resonate with, which doesn't make it not true, but it does make it, um, it, it, it does mean that it's potentially something that um, I should pay attention to because uh, I, I don't either I don't like it or it could be conflicting with a set of beliefs or a rule set that I've abided by in, in, uh, uh, in, 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 in my life. So these are just things to be curious about. I like, I like it. <laughs> I'm just like absorbing everything you said. I'm like, whoa. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, especially like when you say like when people are t t like thinking about triggers and like how people trigger each other and then like yeah. really it's just like yeah shit's fucking in your body and you need to get it out otherwise it stays and depreciates your body in other ways mm. so um yeah that was really cool and also just like the mirror thing like i never really heard that like analogy until i went to bali and then I'm like hearing it all the time now. And it's just like, oh yeah, literally everyone's just a fucking mirror of myself. Like, and that's like, <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. Which I don't know. I don't know if maybe to some people that seems like the worst world that they could ever be in. Like, wait, everybody's literally me. Oh my God. I hate myself. And <laughs> I have to deal with myself everywhere I go. <laughs> I literally, like some people say, I don't like people. You know, like I've heard people say, like, I don't like people and I don't quite, that's not, that's not where I go, like in my own mind. So I don't really understand, um, like where that comes from, but I've definitely, I'm curious about it. And I've heard, I've heard people say it. And, um, I think there, I think there is something to be said about, um, you know, the people that we attract 
and who shows up in our, our lives and in our worlds. Um, whether they're, they're people that have been there for a long time, like family, you know, family is like OG, original people. Um, the original, the original geniuses, our original teachers that we came in with. Um, and then some people are like brand new and, uh, yeah. Why people show up when they do. Uh, I don't think we know that. I don't think we, we could even grasp in the moment, um, what it's for, but we can definitely lead with a high level of curiosity and just witnessing ourselves respond to the people that show up in our worlds that's going to teach us more about ourselves than the people themselves like how we respond to them is so key mm-hmm. so key so and i call that relating like i when i talk about relationship it's as simple as that it's like how am i relating to the people that are showing up in my world um and if I'm responding in a uh, uh, negative fashion, uh, but I'm also then projecting that I'm attracting negative people, both of those things are telling me something about myself. Um, and if I make it about the other people, then I'll probably develop a sense of like not liking people because <laughs> I feel I'll feel that like the people that keep showing up are the same. But what really is happening is there's something inside of me that I'm trying to, uh, there's, 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 there's something that I'm trying to witness and that is my response to these people. And in fact, if I continue to respond to my world in this way, then I'm technically giving away my power to the things that are in my world and I don't have it anymore. I don't have it as soon as I give it away to the person at the grocery store who cut in line. I don't have my power as soon as I give it to the person that cut me off in traffic. I don't have it anymore. I've just given it to you and I've loaned it to you and I don't know when I'm going to get it back because I'm still cussing you out when you're way down the highway. You know, you've got my energy and I don't have it anymore. So I don't like to give people my energy in that way. I don't like to loan it out. I want to have ownership of it. Um, and that's just me taking responsibility for, uh, the responses that come up with inside, uh, within me. If I'm responding in a way, then I, if I want to hold on to my energy, which my energy is really precious and I, and I love it and enjoy it and do a lot of things with it. If I want to hold on to that, then I own my response. I don't make it about the other person. Um, because if it's about that person, then it's about the other 7 billion people that also are on this planet. And that's a lot of energy to give away. And I don't have time to give away that much energy. I could give it to one or two, you know, people, cause I just like you, you know, it's like, <laughs> here, take my energy for today. You know, <laughs> screw you, take my energy, have it, borrow it for four hours and then I'll, you know, get it back soon. Um, but there's a lot of people in the world and there's a lot of people that we're going to encounter and meet and the learning how to relate to one another um, and be able to hold space for ourselves, which also gives other people. Um, let's talk about holding space. Cause I hear, I hear a lot of people, you know, say hold space, hold space. So say um, oftentimes in spiritual communities, holding space 
uh, I would say like historically or traditionally means I'm like, while you, uh, have, while you have this reaction response, while you express in the way that you're expressing in front of me right now, I'm going to choose to remove my judgment and witness you in your process. So therefore I'm holding space for you to have the experience that you're having without judging it, without even diving in and try to save you from your own feeling that you're having. Um, I am here with, you know, I'm, if I'm holding space to someone, I'm here with them. I'm not going to energetically abandon them. I'm not going to run away from them. I'm not going to say, whoa, this is way too much. I got to get out of here. Right. That can feel, uh, that could feel that person may feel some abandonment if, if that happens. Um, but holding space for me, right. If we leave them out of, out of it, holding space for me literally means I'm going to, uh, retain my energy and maintain my sense of self while I'm witnessing you be yourself. I'm not going to allow you to borrow uh, any of my energy because you have access to your own. And in fact, if a person is moving their own emotion, if they're moving through their emotion, then they're actually tapped in to the revolution or the evolution of their, of their energy field in that moment of their energy, which emotion is just energy emotion. So if a person is feeling emotion, then their energy is moving. And before I know it, as I'm observing them, they're, they're probably going to move through the different set of emotions while I'm witnessing them, especially if I don't try to save them, especially if I don't try to stop how they feel, especially if I don't shut them down, especially if I don't make them feel any sort of way for feeling how they feel, right? Um, but I do hold space, which means I maintain, I retain my energy and maintain my sense of being. Uh, while also witnessing witnessing them you, be who they be who they are in the moment without judgment. Do you think that happens a lot in today's world? What if what happens? Like, do you think that there's enough space holding going on? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's people that are saying that they're holding space, um, and they probably are. And I think there's people that have no idea what holding space means. Um, but I, I feel that when we introduce these terms and this language and these new words, it, it, it gives us an immediate, it gives us immediate access to a different state of being because the term holding space, I wasn't using that term 10 years ago, five years ago. I didn't know that term existed. Now that I know that term existed, it exists, then I have the ability to discover what that means for me, right? So that the term, the term literally is a placeholder for, a, for me to experience something new within myself. Um, were there people holding space before holding space was a term? Totally. Therapists hold space. Um, people in relationship often hold space for one another. Um, people in support groups 
hold space for one another. Um, sometimes maybe we would have called that I'm supporting you or I'm listening to you, you know. Um, but as we, I feel like as we expand um, into more of who we are, <laughs> it's like we will continue to invent and reinvent language to describe new states of being, new thoughts, new ideas, which there's nothing new under the sun, but there's definitely experiences that are new to me, you know. Um, that experience may be old to someone else, but that experience may be new to me. Mm-hmm. And that experience may have language that I don't know yet. And it might be important for me to to get familiar with that language. So that's um, like constantly learning an ever growing student. Mm, totally. Yeah. So yeah. like what's next for Daniel? Mm. What's 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 uh, the next year look like for you? Yeah, 2020, you know, uh, 2020 vision. Uh, having having uh, more clarity around uh, what is underneath the surface of who I think Daniel is, which is also why I started to adopt a different name, right? Daniel Tardy versus Daniel Ramon going by my middle name instead of my last name Tardy. I love my last name. I'm not, I don't hate it. I didn't give it up because I don't like it. Um, But I feel like how we identify with ourselves is important. Um, And uh, it gives us, right? Like Daniel Ramon gives me more freedom as I feel right now to express more of who I am in the world. Where Daniel Tardy, it feels like, like old news. It feels like, yeah, everybody knows Daniel Tardy. You know, there's so many stories about Daniel Tardy, but Daniel Ramon, uh, very few people know him um, because I'm discovering who he is uh, uh, right now as, <laughs> as we speak. Even as I'm having the conversation with you, it's like I'm learning new things. Uh, and so um, 2020 for me is about clarity, uh, is about um, being able to bring what would have been just visions into reality and living them out um, and having that feel a little more instantaneous. So not making them happen, but just trusting that they're right around the corner and trusting that as I perceive little breadcrumb trails, um, going towards those, you know, going towards Nothing happens in a linear way. Everything happens in what seems to be like this spiral, right? So it's like the thing that we want was just around the corner often. It was like, whoa, that was closer than what I thought. Or, whoa, you've been there the whole time, you know? And it's like, yeah, because we can't, quite, we can't see it in a straight line, but if we follow this little path that curves, it's, it still feels like it was just right there, but it was just around the corner. Um, so just trusting the breadcrumb trail. Um, and yeah, in 2020, expect some uh, Daniel Ramon events and some Daniel Ramon retreats and um, some gatherings where we dive into ourselves uh, through some intentional modalities that I'm, that I'm developing. So sweet. Sign me up. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, gonna be really good. Do it. Yeah. Where's that gonna be? 
You don't know? Do you know? I mean, I feel like Bali's <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bali's a, a, a great place for that to happen. Um, and I, I feel like in the U.S., even me being in Iowa, um, I'm a little I'm a little more busy with real estate stuff than I'd like to be. But since I've been here, I've wanted to hold a gathering. You know, I want, I've wanted to get people together um, in the community and have these open dialogues and have these open conversations uh, where we can share, um, share our experiences. Because people are having, this is the interesting part, people are having experiences every single day. Every single day, a person's having probably at least one new experience that they haven't had before, right? Where they, where they can literally say, wow, that's never happened to me. Or like, wow, I didn't see that coming, right? Every single day, somebody's having that. And so we're often having that inside of our own minds. We just keep it sort of like tucked away and things are happening uh, in, uh, in our worlds, but like it stays isolated there. And I feel the more that we share, um, f- like through this heart space, right? Uh, the more we share, the more that we realize that we're all collectively having such similar experiences, almost simultaneously. Mm-hmm. You know that that is that is I feel due to our connected nature, or due to our multiplicity, or me being you, you being me, me being a version of someone else. Um, you know, uh, there being, there being just, uh, multiple versions of one source and that shows up in each and every human that's on the planet. Mm -hmm. So the more that we speak to these experiences, uh, which I love holding space, I love creating space for that to happen. That happened in Lombok. We had some like really, I feel like introspective conversations and some very vulnerable conversations and uh, didn't allow for these norms of separation, right? Like this is my life, this is my world, like you're my business, you know? That is not as prevalent in the communities that we were, you know, part of when we were in Bali. Um, So I feel that gives us a little more um, transparency uh, and a little more insight into ourselves because we have access to the selves that are outside of us. We have intimate access to the other selves um, or to our reflections or to our projections. Um, And so more of that, please, in 2020, like, you know, no more, no more creating in isolation, no more hiding behind the scenes of um, who, who we are not, you know, the time to live out your life uh, from a place of recognizing yourself as unique to this world, and that you are here for literally that to express from a place of uniqueness, that is right now. Mm. That's happening right now. That is, that is of, um, of highest excitement as I see it uh, unfolding in people's lives right now. That is, 
the highest and best benefit to a person's transformation experience right now is to bring themselves to the forefront as the main character of their movie to act out and play out the highest and best scenes that they possibly could with these other people who are also recognizing themselves as main characters, right? And there will always be characters of every sort in your movie. You're going to have people that are absolutely what we would consider background characters. You probably will not interact with them or not feel the need to interact with them. And you're definitely going to run into people that every cell in your body is saying, go talk to that person, just like you came to talk to me. Every cell in your body is going to say, go talk to that person. That's a main character in your movie, or at least a B-roll actor, right? <laughs> B-roll. <laughs> yeah, that, that is, that is, that is uh, trying to develop themselves into that, that star, right, mm -hmm. that they are. Um, but anybody that we have the impulsion, not compulsion, but impulsion um, to connect with uh, through what I would consider like magnetism, um, just start to trust that, start to be curious about that and just play with it. Just, just have fun with it and um, see, see what's on the other side, you know, in that reflection as you commune with them. And, and don't tell a story about them. You know, we, we have to do our best to, um, like, one thing I like that you said is, like, you, you had a story in your head when you saw me, but the next day or the next time you saw me, that story had become less. So the first day, the story was like, whoa, who is that dude? I can't even get close to him, which you didn't. Now, the next time you saw me, you could have held that same story into place. And that would have kept that separation there. But that story dissolved into something else. And I'm not saying like, maybe, maybe we're always going to carry some sort of story. But the story that would create separation is the false story. Mm. story the, the illusionary story. Um, we can get into story right now, but like I had such a story about you, but I don't even want to talk about. Oh yeah, no, 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 you told me. <laughs> we you told talked me. us so long. Yeah, it's like two hours. We're like, what time is it there? I'm like falling asleep. No, no, no. We can. We'll pick back up. We'll 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 get to have more than just this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> um, Daniel, where can like people find you and stalk you and stuff? Oh my gosh. So I'm on, I'm on Facebook for sure. You can find me for now under Daniel Tardy, uh, and, uh, on Instagram under the Daniel channel, the Daniel channel. And that's the dot Daniel dot channel. I virtually post nothing there yet, but it's coming soon. So just friend me, follow me, uh, on either one of those. And we're going to have some fun. I'm going to keep having more conversations like this with, beautiful people like you um and i'm gonna keep like creating stories where i'm just talking to the camera and, do it know. do it i like it i enjoy very much okay. <laughs> thank you for i appreciate that encouragement and thank you for doing what you're doing and following your bliss and following your heart uh, i look forward to coming to either you come into the u.s or bali or wherever <laughs> yeah. we, need to, we need to meet up again and play out play out some yeah. new scenes are you ready for that <laughs> I'm ready for anything. Okay. 
<laughs> Let's go. That. Let's go. I believe that. That's funny. Thank you. <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much. This was awesome. Yeah. You're awesome. All right. You're awesome. Love you. Love you. Wait, before you go, do you want to connect with like-minded peeps that are super cool and wild? If you guys do, there is a Facebook group for this podcast and for the people involved in my community. So if you want to be added to it, go search Wild Souls on Facebook in groups and answer some questions and you'll be added to an awesome community where you can, again, connect with others, chat about whatever you want, and just have a good old time. So yeah, see you in the group.